Wake up, buyer payer people. It's a beautiful day. Go grab yourself another cup of joe and say hello to Jim and Michelle Rhodes on the Buy Here, Pay Here morning show. Take it away, you two. Good morning, everybody. Hello from the road. <laughs> um, Rhodes Warriors are quite literally on the road today. Um, so we are we are on the way to the airport. And so we pulled off and we're in the car. First time to uh, podcast from the car. (laughs) No uh, console, no headphones. So hopefully uh, the quality is still pretty good. Go ahead and shout out where you guys are listening from. And um, and uh, yeah, we can kind of get started. Good morning. Yeah, Um, let's make sure you're getting good audio. Make sure you're hearing us. Yeah, absolutely. So we uh, we are on our way to the airport, like I just said, um, in the car and uh we're on our way to Arizona. Yep. We have the um, Arizona Finance Conference this weekend, and we'll be we will be there all day tomorrow and Sunday. But we'll be presenting twice on Sunday. So right. those of you who who are there, make sure you you pop on in. And if you're not actually physically there, we are going to be doing a live broadcast of our address and um, our addresses. Two. Yeah, we got. And two. so you can you can pop on on that way and and kind of you know get a feel for some of the things that are happening at that conference yeah we'll put those things out there on uh on the facebook groups and um and you'll be able to find it on youtube where we're going to broadcast those uh those particular sessions but i'll just remind everyone we're doing one on uh you know sources of capital like different types of capital ways to fund your business at different stages and then uh, the other one is on business planning and uh, so this one will be a little different uh, kind of spin on how to write your business plan. So we look forward to yeah. to presenting that one. Yeah, it'll be it'll be good. It'll be. Yep. Good. Somebody said hello from where? Where was that one? So, uh, Carrie Watkins. Oh, hi, Carrie. Uh, and also and Anna Maria. And Anna Maria is those of you who guys who uh, are familiar with Anna Maria. Anna Maria is our our fractional marketing director, and she's freaking the bomb. She's super talented. <laughs> We're so fortunate to have. Good morning, Anna Maria. Good morning, Anna Maria. Um, all right. So, anything else you want to talk about before we? No, we got to jump into our big subject. We uh, yeah. we decided to take on a big subject. This is something I've talked about before in different settings and just wanted to kind of speak about it as specifically as possible today because we're headed into this uh, presentation this weekend talking about buckets of money and ways to fund your operation. It's kind of going through that. It just reminded me about this analogy that I introduced some time ago about thinking about our buy here, pay here business as a bathtub. You know, and, the, and the, the premise there is that, you know, if you think about your business as a bathtub and you think about creating positive cash flow. So for the sake of visualizing what we're talking about here, imagine that your bathtub has a hole in it at a, about two thirds up the side and you won't be able to enjoy any, um, you know, positive cash flow from your business until that water reaches that level and starts to flow out. So if you think about having a a golden bucket, you know, outside Mm -hmm. your bathtub. And that's where you start to fill up, you know, by getting to the place where your business is cash positive. So the idea with the bathtub too, is that, you know, we all understand a bathtub has got a drain at the bottom. And and we know that in this case, I'm using the drain to kind of represent our overhead. If you 
uh, imagine that you open your business and you put in 300 grand or whatever the number looks like for you and your business. And now, even before we started to sell cars, if you're a brand new business, before you started to ever create any income and, and incoming car payments, that obviously the drain is open. We've got rent going out. Mm -hmm. We've got, you know, payroll starting to go out, utilities. And that's really what I'm suggesting that we visualize is that our our business starts to have cash flow out from the from the jump. Even if we just put, you know, 300 grand worth of water, yeah. if we dumped a big bucket, you know, of water into the bathtub, that that water starts to recede. You know, mm -hmm. it starts to drain out from the beginning. And that's actually, um, you know, everyone starts kind of negative. And it's as we go through and, and talk to new dealers or people that are thinking about getting into the business and we run them through cash uh, flow profit forecasting that uh, many of them uh, might have 250000 or $500,000 that they uh, want to use to get their business started. And it is, it's interesting to see once we kind of map this out, that there's, there's a lot of money that ends up going out at the beginning and all of those, uh, all of the overhead. And so, you know, if uh, all of the different things from rent to, to uh, utilities, to any, anyone that you're employing as mm -hmm. well. And then there was another piece, um, that you mentioned too, which is an important piece of overhead, and that is your owner draws and salary. Yeah. So I think um, before we get to that, I might just kind of explain that. And listen, most of our listeners are, you know, have mature businesses and they understand this quite well. It's just I'm, I may be asking to think about or visualize it in a different way and help others visualize it. You know, mostly thinking about new people here that. When you when you start this thing and you've got this negative cash flow, then I think it's easy for us to begin to understand if if we start to create income at the three month mark or the six month mark, that can be a big difference. Obviously, how much money we put in the bathtub to begin with is one thing, but the longer we wait until we're able to start creating cash flow, or the longer we wait until we create that first hundred or two hundred contracts that the more cash the business is going to require because why because the bathtub drain is open the whole time and so whatever money we're putting in the business a certain amount of that is going out the drain and so the only way we're going to get to that place where we fill the bathtub is to you know make sure we create enough contracts and this the earlier we can do that this is the part that i often uh you know find myself going through and illustrating for dealers when we're doing our cash flow modeling is show them the impact of early sales and why I think mm -hmm. it's important for us when we're new to sometimes we're nervous, right? When we're brand new in business, we're a little nervous about the underwriting. We're a little nervous about putting contracts on the road. And I always ask my dealers to think about, I would be more nervous about that bathtub drain being open because we know whatever money you put into that bathtub, we know the money that goes out the drain is not coming back right? Mm -hmm. That's overhead, that's payroll, that's utilities. You know, when you write a check to your local electric company, they don't pay you back in payments, right? Mm -hmm. But the customer may or may not pay you back in payments. The utility company is definitely not. So I'm always more nervous about that overhead soaking up too much cash. And I think it's important for us to get comfortable with making some deals, create some contracts, create some cash flow, because we need to make sure that, you know, in, in a way we're having our customers you know, help support that overhead by making their, you know, $450 a month payment or whatever it looks like. So it just, the, the, the illustration is 
you know, we're trying to get to this place where we're creating enough cash flow that we're able to enjoy some positive cash. And most of our listeners today understand this quite well. But I would just say it's it's important to recognize that the difference between profit and cash flow. I'm not talking about profitability. You can be profitable in month number one and month number six of your business. And that doesn't necessarily mean you're creating positive cash flow. So, yeah, it's just important to to recognize that what I'm really referring to here and just by definition, when I'm saying positive cash flow, I'm really typically talking about operationally. There are basically three types of outflow in the business and in my way of thinking about it. There's this overhead that's going out the drain. There's um, the cost of replacing inventory. And that's different to me. That's a um, that's an earning asset. The money that we put into contracts and receivables, those assets are earning. And so that's I'm less concerned about the dollars that we put into those assets. I'm, I'm more concerned about that overhead. But when we get to the place where our positive or cash flow coming in from car payments and down payments exceeds the overhead and the cost of replacing inventory, that's what I would call positive cash flow. Now, if Amanda Sanchez and Hugo are listening this morning from a, a taxation standpoint, you know, we we obviously the third piece for that for me is is going to be income tax. You mm-hmm. know, we always want to allow for that. But typically when I'm talking about positive cash flow, I'm just talking operationally, getting the operation to a place where it generates positive cash to help pay those taxes. Yeah. You know, we need cash. We need positive cash out of our operation to be able to do that. So let's, um, you, you know, when we were talking about this earlier today, you wanted to talk a little bit about owner draws and salary. Yeah. So I think about, and, and listen, this is no, you know, indictment of anybody. Most of us, and, and I'm one of those that advocates for people to create a salary in their business. If they're going to be the one managing the business, then, you know, the, if, if anybody else had a business, they would need to be paying a manager. So I think it's perfectly appropriate to pay themselves a salary, um, you know, from a, from an early stage, but we obviously have to build that in the business plan and we have to allow for enough. But when we, when we take too much of that cash early on, then obviously that contributes to this drain factor because we now the money that we put in initially, and, and this is initial equity. And listen, if our lenders out there, or, you know, people who do lines of credit, if, if I were a lender loaning to a buy here, pay your operation, it's something I'd be watching quite closely is how much of the cash that goes in the business, you know, comes out of the business to overhead and to the owners. Uh, because any whatever those dollars look like, that delays the company's ability to get to this place of co- positive cash flow. Now, you know, we talk to lenders. I don't, you know, I can't say how lenders feel about positive cash flow. Obviously, the the dealer needs to show enough cash flow to support their debt. Uh, but really, I'm just saying operationally, I'm always trying to help dealers who are getting in this business find ways to get to positive cash flow, at least on a per location basis. So if you're thinking I'm going to open and I'm going to have three stores or 10 stores, then I would at least be suggesting, let's think about on our first location, let's not open a second location until we're in that positive cash flow position. So that first location is now creating more cash flow than is going out through the drain. I did. I wanted to ask though, you know, owner draws and salary it's, it's, um, seeing cash come in is, is very attractive. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, and I, I'm kind of thinking from 
listening to conversations when we're when we're talking to new dealers is that you know dealers before you decide what your salary or your draw is going to be is what do you actually just need to be able to live off oh, of yeah. um because the more that you can even if you're seeing that oh my gosh we collected you know x amount of thousands of dollars this week and so i really want to go take this trip or i really want to go do the thing and it's and it's like all the bills are paid and you know we've got this extra cash sitting here so i'm just gonna take a draw and go to do the thing yeah um with the family but uh, i i know that when we've done the the profit uh forecasting it's like that for that first year it's really be careful about how much you're pulling out because it, until you get enough contracts under your belt, yeah. um, it's it can be a really slippery slope if you are starting to pull money that's not there. That yeah. Because it looks like it's there, but it's not really there. Sure. And in cash flow modeling over the years, and I've been doing these things for, I cre created my own cash flow modeling tool back in 05. And so I've been you know using this thing for what, 17 years now. And so it's like, yeah, quite experienced with it. And we typically, when we model out, you can see a dealer. I expect to see the dealer reach operational cash flow that's positive in about 12 to 15 months. Uh, obviously depends on volume, but now with cost of car being what it is, that's going to be longer. That's going to be more like bit, 18 yeah. months. We got to be able to, you know, invest um, accordingly and we need to be able to keep overhead low. We need to be able to keep our, our, you know, whatever we're taking in the way of draws or salaries, you need to keep that as reasonable as possible. And this is not just true of buy here, pay here. It's true of any business. We need to try to keep that, you know, to a manageable number because every dollar that we take out of the business while it's in growth phase is just a dollar that, uh, and it's an important dollar. It's, it's hard to illustrate straight, you know, in this conversation, but it's an important dollar in that early stage when you're trying to reinvest and grow your business and get to that place. So, you know, that thing about, you know, taking money out and doing a vacation that I always tell our clients, look, you know, the, your business doesn't say Jim and Michelle on it. It doesn't say the Octane Group it has your name. It's your business. You're going to make those decisions. We're just trying to help you understand the impact of those decisions. And so that you can make a judgment for yourself, you know, what really is going to help. I just, I think this bathtub analogy was the best way that I could help people think about, you know, obviously if you think about that bathtub having three different faucets on it, mm -hmm. you know, around the edge of the tub. And so there's, there's money coming into that faucet or into those faucets from, from three different sources. Number one is going to be car payments. You know, that's, that's obviously when we start creating contracts, and even before that, you've got down payments, you know, but but this one here, we're just saying one of the faucets is car payments coming in, principal and interest we collect from the customers. So that's helping to fill the bathtub, right? And now we've got down payments. When we sell more cars, we get more down payments. And so that down payment goes in the, the bathtub as well. And so that helps, obviously, to support that. You know, there would obviously be owner investment. We see owner investment coming in. You know, there's going to be um, maybe draws from external capitalization that will be a factor, but really, you know, we're obviously trying to optimize the dealer's cash, whatever's invested privately or personally, we're trying to optimize that cash and, and create as much cash flow, you know, from, um, the, you know, the, we're creating whatever money's invested. We want to create as much cash flow from that capital, mm -hmm. that initial capital as possible. That's always our, recommendation to our clients and overhead is not typically 
yeah. money generating. No, no, so, yeah. we we want to we want to minimize that. And so now the third faucet would be just be cash sales. And some of our dealers do some cash business. They might do, you know, indirect financing, some some third party stuff, uh, um, you know, or sell paper to an outside uh, party. But whether even they just sell cash. Um, so I'll answer George's question uh, next here, but just to finish the thought on the, the cash sales, obviously if we create some cash sales, that profit also helps to go into this bathtub and helps to, to get there. And, and George, your question about the, uh, uh, can everybody see to the screen? It says, uh, George is asking, how do you, how do you consider inventory replacement in the cash flow model? It is uh, just an outflow category. It's the one that I'm least concerned about George, because those dollars that we put into inventory, or earning assets. So, so really initial, there's initial inventory, right? And so whatever we spend initially, that is an asset. So I'm less concerned about that. Obviously, if we're buying well, we should be able to liquidate that. It's just choosing to put our cash in inventory instead. So it's still sitting there as a hard asset. But mm -hmm. then now as you start to create contracts, then where it really belongs in the cash flow model for me is the cost of replacing inventory. If we're selling 20 cars a month or 40 mm -hmm. cars a month or whatever that pace looks like. And by the way, as you start to visualize this, you see the, the benefit of being consistent, you know, in that volume, ideally we would all be kind of, you know, consistent in what we, we create or growing, but we, if we're consistent, then we can kind of know what we need to spend to replace inventory each month. Mm -hmm. And now we can better forecast when we're going to, you know, reach that positive cash flow number and have money coming out of the tub. I wanted to ask, um, you know, kind of based on what George just asked about the the uh, inventory, is that um, part when when we're doing the cash flow profit and forecasting, um, that your your model is a is a really big factor in how far your money can go too. Sure. Um, and so there's, you know, we, we see all kinds of different models of buy here, pay here from, you know, where it's the clunker car to we, we deal with imports. And so it's mostly, mm -hmm. you know, some of the higher end cars because their clientele, they're looking at the, the doctor, the lawyer or whatever it is that, right. that is a higher end cl um, client. Now it's, it's really interesting when we run through these numbers, how, um, uh, as I've watched the reaction of some of these dealers or some of the dealers that we work with that, that you go from an ACV of, um, of 9,000 up to 13,000, up to 15,000, up to 20,000 and how, how quickly, um, it, the lower the ACV on a lot of these, it's that you, you become, you, you get to a place where you're cash positive a lot faster sure. um, than you do with the higher end uh, vehicles. And so one of the things that we've encouraged a lot of the dealers that we've worked with is start with that or start with something that's a little bit, a little bit more affordable and then work your way into the other so that you can, that you have the ability of getting yourself cash positive. Cause that is probably the most important thing for you to be able to do as quickly as you can is get cash positive. Yeah. And one of the things I incorporated just a couple of years ago, I started doing when we do cash flow modeling and, and you, folks can find this out there in our, you know, first 10 things to know about the buy here, pay your business or before getting in the buy here, pay your business, things of what it said. But I started to do some side by side cash flow modeling to illustrate just what you're talking about there, the how having a higher ACV 
impacts the cash, obviously. And so the, you kind of start to get into, and we can save this for another day, but you know, strategy and buy here, pay here kind of falls into two categories for me. It's like you're either, when you open up your business, you're focused on this positive cash flow. And I saw that Hugo Sanchez chimed in. He's obviously somebody who sees these numbers all the time. And so, yeah, George, this is exactly what, you know, we're looking at Hugo is like, how do we get the the bathtub to overflow. You know, I'm using my example of, of, of a hole in the side of the bathtub about two thirds of the way up, and that's going to represent operational positive cash flow. There's still income tax to think about. So maybe a way to further think about this analogy is when we can get the bathtub all the way to the top and it's overflowing. Now that would mean to me that we're also covering our income tax. You know, now we're flowing lots of cash and we can use that to invest wherever we choose. But to finish the thought on the, the two strategies, you're really either focused on cash flow, positive cash flow, or you're focused on equity, which means you're prepared to invest and grow your business. You're okay with deferring positive cash flow, and you're focused on building equity, creating a lot of receivables, creating uh, you know net worth in your business. And so that's a little different strategy, requires a lot more capital, it requires, you know, a, a much longer game. And uh, we've all met dealers, you know, that have been in this business for many years, still in growth mode, have never seen a positive cash dollar because they're always growing and, and you know, choosing to reinvest and build, build, build. Uh, so this is something I think we just all need to think about. This bathtub analogy was just a way for me to help dealers visualize the stuff that we see in spreadsheet form regularly. And I think that the big takeaways for me are always um, let's create business. Let's the, the, the cost. And I, I started to call it the volume formula, like the cost that we suffer by delaying uh, volume uh, is, is, is pricey. So we, it's important of sourcing cash. And of course, we'll be speaking on that on Sunday is, you know, sometimes we have to source external cash, even if it's expensive, because the cost of, you know, if we're if we're paying some external source to fund contracts, at least that money is associated with these earning assets. When we pay that money to the utility company, there's nothing more expensive than that. That money's not coming back. And so so when we think about expensive money and buckets of money, yeah, we'd rather not pay for the expensive money when our business is, is young, you know, or immature. Then, but but the reality is the cost of not doing business is higher. And so this is the part I'm trying to really illustrate. Um, one point I wanted to make too, and it's it's uh, we we deal with brand new dealers, dealers that are less than a year in, or ones that are we're helping get them into business. And you know, when Jim mentions the, it's really important early on to get as many contracts as you can on the books. Um, so that you can start to create some of that cash flow. It's uh, when when we have a new dealer and they're they're going through their first dozen or so uh, deals that oh my goodness, the amount of nervous yeah. because most most of the time new dealers are coming from a space where they are what we would consider um, a A or B paper. Anyway, okay, I mean, yeah. they, they have, they've, you know, they've managed their money well, they've done all the things. And so when they have someone come in and it's, it's like, they know in theory mm -hmm. that this is a D paper customer that's, sure. and, and that they're, that they know that in theory, but it's just so funny to me that when they, when they run their first, just, they run their first, uh, credit pull uh -huh. and they're like, oh my gosh, 
right. they've had a bankruptcy right. or, oh my gosh, they've had, and, and it's uh -huh. just, it's kind of funny to watch their reaction because they, they want to pull the reins back. It's like, this is not a good, this is not a good, so um, good risk. And it's like, uh, yeah, this is your customer and, and you're going to, you're going to, you're going to see a bankruptcy. You're yeah. going to see potentially a repo. You're right. going to see charge off. You're going to see these things. And so the sooner you can get comfortable with seeing them and determine what threshold that you, you know, are they in a current bankruptcy? Obviously you can't do anything with them. Um, did they have a, a, like two repos in the last two years? That's something you might want to think about. Yeah. But if it's been a year since they had a repo or it's been two years since they've had a repo, then it's like, all right, this is our customer. Yeah. Our customer is going to have this happen. So, you know, those of you who are out there listening right now, um, just understand that's you know, it. Don't don't be uh, don't be don't be scared. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> it's true that's an interesting thing that we find ourselves doing early on because you know i always say in in this in the old uh nursery rhyme or whatever the story of the tortoise and the hare people know i'm i'm the tortoise every time yeah. I'm, I'm the long game i'm, I'm, I'm steady and <laughs> and kind of looking to play long game and uh -huh. i've also said many times throughout my career articles and what have you i've said over the years that it's a mistake to move too fast in this business. I just see yeah. that as something, and we covered that with Brent Carmichael on our other podcast not long ago, but it's like, it's a mistake to move too fast. I think what I'm also suggesting here is it's also a mistake to move too slow. And so you, yes. we have to, part of the role that we find ourselves playing when we're launching new dealers is kind of giving that nudge, giving them that reassurance and, and, and helping them to remind them that, you know, we, we need to produce sales here. And I always tell them, look, you're probably going to make more mistakes in your first 50 contracts than you will in your second 50 contracts because you're just learning. And, and so, and because I'm nudging them to create business, you're going to learn as you go, you're going to make some mistakes and you're going to learn as you go. But it's, it's just kind of an illustration here is it's, we got bathed, we got to start putting water in that bathtub yeah. because if we don't, the money that we invest as dealers is just draining out the bottom. And so this is where we just know that there's a balance that we have to strike. And, and that really just means creating, creating business and keeping costs down. I mean, what the thing you touched on about cost of car, the reason that we emphasize a low cost car to begin is, you know, whether the dealers bring in a half a million dollars or whatever their own capital is that they're bringing to the equation, we just like to see them optimize. We want to see them create as many contracts as possible from that first investment. And so that's what it's all about. It's, it's about, and so that means lower ACV gets us there faster. We're just mm -hmm. trying to create contracts and then you can catch your breath and readjust. And that's, that's another thing that it's, it's been interesting to observe um, that, uh, that, again, the new dealer coming into the space is an A or a B paper. And so they're wanting to put cars that are something that they would want to buy. Right. And, um, and, uh, you know, understanding that, that especially if you're, if you're looking for something for a lower ACV, there's, there's going to be some dings. Mm -hmm. There's, you know, it's, it, the car doesn't necessarily have to be, have half the paint missing. Right. Um, but it's, it's going to be something like you would put your, your, teenager in as their first car knowing that there's a like good likelihood that they may you know do something to it and damage it more 
Um, right. And so, yeah, that 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 it's that's another thing that it's been interesting to kind of watch how uh, how that uh, the idea of what type of car mm -hmm. shifts. And and it's one of the things that I've, I would be interested to, to see. And we've been we've been talking about doing um, with seeing if some of our clients would be interested in doing kind of a split test. Um, we're all about testing, but if they have a, a lower end and, and a higher price car, and I, I think it's um, red, white, and blue. Oh, the guy in Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah. That mm -hmm. he's he's kind of doing that kind of model where it's it's a tiered pricing. It would just be interesting to me to see um, what kind of uh, if 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 there's any any data behind which ones actually create the cash or what, what he's selling the most of sure. and, and which ones. Which, are yeah. It's one of the things we look forward to doing with the nation is helping pull together data yeah. like that. So, uh, Absolutely. Yeah, we should probably wrap up here. We need to get yes. back on the highway. Um, but Yeah, two things, though, before before we're done. First off is um, safeguards training. Right. Um, it is still not too late. We've um, a lot of dealers that, that we have been talking to and been watching things on social media. If you haven't done it, a really easy place to do that is at uh, TexasDealerEducation.com. Regardless of what state Regardless of what state you're in, again, um, Texas has put together something that, that applies to anyone, anywhere in the country for the safeguards rule training. Mm -hmm. So um, this, again, is something any all dealers and their teams, anyone that deals with any of the the uh, the information we want to make sure stays secure, that you need to make sure you do this. And again, it's a need. Mm -hmm. It's not a we don't highly suggest. It's a need. So yeah. let's make sure we do that. Um, if you if you are planning on being at the Super Forum, which is coming up here pretty soon. Um, where are we? Right there. Right there. Mm -hmm. um, at the super forum, they will be having a, uh, one of those modules Sessions, the first right. day. So it's going to be all day on safeguards as there as well. Right. So, um, if you're going to be at, at the super forum, that's a great place for you to get it taken care of. If you are not, please make sure that you get onto the, uh, Texas dealer education.com and get yourself taken care of and your team as well. And it's really reasonably priced. It doesn't take a ton amount of time, and it's ever, all the things we've been hearing is that it's it's uh, it's relatively easy to get mm -hmm. through the actual certification. Yep. There's going to be homework, but there's yep. rel relatively easy to get. Thanks through. for uh, tuning in, folks. We gotta we gotta yeah, catch this the plane. Road. They're expecting in us car. in Arizona, so <laughs> we gotta, we can't miss this flight. All right, guys. Um, thank you so much again for joining us today, and we will be broadcasting on Monday from Arizona, and um. And uh, I don't think that it's at the actual event, but 